For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to a Summer League edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy, Mac. Joining me today is my friend and co-host, Corey Walsh. Corey, how you feeling, man? I'm sad, Mac. We're halfway through the Summer League, and it looks like the Cavs aren't making a playoff push. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? The top two teams? The top two teams get to play for that elusive Summer League championship? Yeah, I think it might be a Final Four, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I'm you not know, the sure. Cavs have never really danced in that. I remember Colin got us kind of close in his rookie year against Josh Hart on the Lakers. That was cool. And uh, outside of that, um, that's all we had. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like, who cares about, like, uh, playoff summer league basketball? But uh, yeah, who cares? Who cares? It's, this is all about development. This is all about seeing guys that we knew nothing about. <laughs> uh, a couple of which we're going to talk about today. But man, I'm I'm feeling good. Watching these last three summer league games has really answered some of the questions that I had in regards to some of the players uh, that we had on the roster heading into summer league, and uh, I'm I'm just really really glad to see some of those come to light. Like I had questions in regards to Luke Travers, uh, Travers. I had questions in regards to Ochai Abaji. You know what he would actually look like. Um, and this is not necessarily the next level, but uh, just to see him get some action against some of the other uh, highly touted prospects from this year's draft has just really been awesome. But today's episode, friends, is about ranking our top summer league performers. So we have a top five list. Each of us, we're going to run down each one of them, and maybe we will disagree on a few. We'll have to see. <laughs> Um, Most just, definitely for mine. <laughs> uh, just speaking off the record with Corey here shortly before we went live, um, he's made some changes to his ass have I, um, just purely based off today's game. Uh, so this should be really fun, really interesting. Yeah, game three was definitely a needle pusher for a lot of players. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was. Like this was the pivotal point uh, for for my list. It was definitely good to see. Uh, see the Cavs play after I don't know was it three days. Why yeah, so yeah I think it was out? Sunday. Yeah, and then we're playing tomorrow. Like, what? 
This just makes the, no like, sense. Like, exactly. Like the spacing of these games, like the days of rest that they're giving these guys, they're young. They don't need it. Play them every day. Yeah. I mean, outside of like Cam Young, who's like the oldest Cavs practice or summer league player. I think he's like 26. Everyone Jeez else is league. like about to be like 22. Max. Everybody's trying. Yeah. I mean, this is probably his last opportunity. And I'm sad to tell you guys that Cam Young did not make my top five. So let's get that, that uh, out of the way right now. Damn, that's a tough uh, scene, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey, I'm gonna put you on the spot, man. I'll let you go with your number five option first. We did have honorable mentions because I had Matt Mooney. <laughs> uh, oh, Matt Ryan, right? <laughs> Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. I, He's on the Celtics. Do you see that uh, contested game winner? Or yeah, he had like some off the foot three point shot to win yes. for the Celtics. I saw it. Was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. You're seeing all the Cavs greats. You got Kambangale also. In with Boston. that slick feed falling out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, that where's awesome. that Where's that pairing when we had them? <laughs> exactly. All right. I missed that guy. Uh, <laughs> that makes one of us. <laughs> anyway, uh, so at my number five, I have Amar Silla as my fifth most impressive player with expectation because that dude was an animal for the first two games. Absolute beast. Only missed like what? One shot in that yeah. time period? He yeah. was ferocious. He was like kind of like what I would expect if Moses Brown came into summer league. He performed almost identically the same way. Uh, overall, though, great energy guy. I, I've i heard from the boys on Locked On, though, that they don't think he's even going to be remotely brought into even the Cleveland charge. So that's a little disappointing. But, you know, I've enjoyed him. I think he's a good energy guy. He definitely brings a tenacity. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at his summer league stats for today, and he had the worst plus minus of any player on the floor, which didn't feel that way when I watched the game over again. But, you know, what can you do? It's tough with bigs, especially when this Cavs team only has like two. Summer league is not the area is really just not a good territory for bigs. And, you know, you guys are seeing the Denver highlights. I don't have the, uh, the highlights from tonight's game just yet. But Silla was my number five as well. I mean, he's a player that I really honestly didn't know a lot about heading into summer league. But everything, honestly, that I've seen from him suggests that he could have a feature as possibly like a situational big, but definitely not in Cleveland. Uh, Just too much here on the roster right now in regards to bigs. I mean, he can roll. I mean, he can play in the dunker spot. He doesn't appear afraid to defend the rim, which is awesome to see you know it's just something that we all know the Cavs need is rim deterrence rim protection and uh, one of the things that I have seen out of him is that he doesn't look afraid to pull up when he has an open three Um, that was a pleasant surprise I didn't know that was in his bag until that Denver game where he just pulled one out and I was like wait what Mm -hmm. and it was a good jumper like it didn't look like typical big man jumper where it looked kind of itchy and yeah. (laughs) yeah or just like uncomfortably slow like you see with some bigs where but it was pretty smooth. I was very impressed. I I really enjoyed him, honestly. I have too. He's been a pleasant surprise. Um I, I want to say he's one for three on three pointers right now. Um and it's it's definitely a high point to see a guy out there to that at his size. I think he's listed at six foot nine. Uh something mm-hmm. like too that. Too short so, for this Cavs team. <laughs> yeah, so he would be an undersized uh, center at the next level. I, I would assume that's where most teams would probably opt to play him if he ever made it up to the NBA level. But just to have that skill in your bag, if he could ever develop a consistent three, I could see somebody taking a chance on him as maybe like a 
a back end, like a uh, a depth piece. But at, at this point in time, I don't know if he has an NBA future. You know, it's a sad situation for him when he would even be a small, small forward for this Cavs team right now with Maury <laughs> being our small forward. <laughs> a 6'9 small forward too small for this Cavs team. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just – there's just way, 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 way too many – uh, bigs on this roster for him to even have a remote chance of possibly making this roster. It was just, you know, it, he's just got no chance at all. I'll just put it that way, but been pleasantly surprised. So I uh, can't complain. I mean, not everybody <laughs> on the summer league roster can make it to the NBA, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why uh, the draft prospects are supposed to look pretty good in this scenario as they try to adjust to nba style play but at the same time playing against some players who won't even be in the nba period it's a weird concept when you think about it it really is man and so um you know the Cavs continue onward here and we got this the rest of our list here so who is number four for you man you know you threw some shade to him earlier but i uh i got cam young at number four you have cam young okay Okay. Yeah, you know, I I he stands out to me. He pops off the page. His like aggressive shooting, it kind of reminds me of like Jordan Clarkson to an extent. I'm kind of falling for that. I don't necessarily think he fits for this cat. Oh, there's one position this Cavs team does not need. It's more guards. We have an abundance of guards. We need forwards that are like six five or above. Uh, but Cam Young, he's he's a bucket getter, and I, I've appreciated what he's brought. He kind of feels like our sixth man unofficially of this summer league team, and I've enjoyed – I don't feel like he shoots out of rhythm. I feel like the shots he's taking, I would want him to take. I don't think he's been overly aggressive where I think the guys after summer league are like, dude, are you going to pass us the ball like ever? <laughs> or is the minute it touch your hands, it's just going to get shot? But I know you – didn't have him ranked on your list. So I think it was just, I think it was just more for me. I find him entertaining. I don't think he'll even be a Cleveland charge player. I know he's 26 also. So that makes yeah. it kind of tough for him. I don't think, I think he's past like prospect level. I think now he's just trying to make like the G league at some level. And I think he has been on the the Cleveland charge over the past few seasons I saw, but uh, I just enjoyed him. Yeah, I like I said, I did not have him listed here. Um, he has shown the ability to knock down the three-pointer, uh, which is not a bad skill set to have when you're trying to make an NBA roster. So you got to be able to do something with at, at an NBA level. And Cam Young, I'm just I'm not sold on him just yet. My number four is a guy that we are already familiar with in R.J. Nimhard, um, who is currently holding one of the Cavs' two-way contracts. <laughs> so man, just watching Nimhard throughout this summer league, the thing that we already knew, man, is that he can he can score the basketball. He can go out there and get you buckets in uh, numerous ways. But my problem with Nimhard is that Far too often, it seems like he forces the issue. Like, I don't know if it's just me. Like, I want to hear your thoughts on it, too. But um, far too often to me, it just feels like the guy is trying to force the issue in regards to, um, you know, looking to score for himself as opposed to setting up his teammates. Um, you know, I just I I find it very, very hard to believe that a guy like Nimhard will make it to the NBA roster again if he's not getting guys consistently involved. 
and you know, fret not, he did have five assists today. <laughs> so I will put that out there. But <laughs> there have been way too many occasions throughout these three games in which I feel like he's he he could have gotten guys involved. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I feel pretty conflicted about Nemhard. I mean, statistically, he's probably the best Cavalier through all three games. I yeah, I mean, at least from a points level, because he's um, <laughs> I think he scored 20 in game one, I think 19 in game two. And then was it five today? Yeah, and especially the way that they're using him, he's basically the point guard of this summer league team. So his assist numbers are going to look better than they probably should just because he's the one who's getting called on to orchestrate a lot of possessions. He's the play starter. And unfortunately, most times it feels like he's the play finisher, even though no one else really got involved. Uh, I have Nemhard at three on my list just because I felt like I said, I feel like he's been the most solid overall. Like there's not been many dips today's game against uh, the Hornets was probably his worst game by a mile. I think I, I don't know what shooting to really leave with him. Cause he's not really a strong shooter. He's more of an attacking the basket type of player. Yeah, loves to and drive again, inside. And with San Antonio and Denver, I feel like he was kind of shooting with more range than before. So that got me a little excited. I honestly had him at, uh, I think I had him at two before this game just because I felt like he was performing well, but now he kind of fell back to what I expected of him mm-hmm. to be. And when the two way thing makes it kind of difficult for me, cause I feel like I'm judging him more intensely than I'm judging the other players. The other players are like, Oh, yeah. what a delightful surprise. But when it's RJ Nemhard on a two way, when I was, I think you and I were both kind of like, that's a little confusing why Nemhard's already getting the two way before we're like seeing anything else. There's a, a lot, lot of transactions are... with him too. Like he was cut and then re-signed or there was a lot of different things that went on with that. Yeah, I just I, I I'm not in love with RJ Nemhard. I think there's other players I'd rather give the two way to on Same. this G League team or the summer league team than Nemhard. I honestly don't I get what they're trying to do. They want a forward a point forward that could bring the ball up. And I would rather have Lamar Stevens than RJ Nemhard, honestly. And I feel like they kind of do the same thing, except I think Lamar Stevens is a more complete player. Honestly, I mean, I think Nemhard probably is a little better of a score, but we've seen that Lamar Stevens can get going offensively. He the, the, the problem with Stevens, I feel like, is that just because his three-point shot's not that great, people don't think he's like a good scorer. But if you watch any of his highlights, he's a killer mid-range shooter, and he attacks the basket with a ferocity that not a lot of our other forwards want to do. And Nemhard kind of does the same thing, but he also defensively doesn't do it for me. So... I, I, I don't know how to feel about Nemhard, but he's like number three for me. Okay, that's fair. Um, you know, just purely based upon his ability to score, you would think that maybe he might have a shot at seeing some game action this year, especially if injuries play another role. Hopefully not. Uh, knock on wood here. But um, I, I just struggle to see him really, really playing a, a big part this season without being able to facilitate and handle a little bit better, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. That's just kind of where I'm at with him. Yeah, I don't. I think they want him to still initiate plays if he was going to mm-hmm. come into the game. But summer league, I mean, summer league's such a tough way to init, like evaluate if he can be a play starter because the people he's playing with are at no offense to them, such a lower level than who we'd be playing with with the Cavs. I mean, he went from practice, and he should look as good as he has. 
because he's been practicing against the Cavaliers pretty much the entire season last and year. He's ha- and he has G League experience. Like, we've seen him go off in, in the G League. Yeah, so, like, like him and Cam Young make sense why they've looked probably the most balanced out of the uh, players so far. It's because they have the G League experience. Just having that experience in general in like is such a huge difference because half the thing of Summer League is just adjusting to the pace. Yeah, I mean, that's completely fair to say. Some guys take in stride, some guys struggle a little bit. And, you know, we already know that for guards, um, you know, things come a little bit smoother um, in Summer League. And for bigs, just not always a a good experience. Uh, It's not really a good tale on whether or not they're going to be successful at the next level. Uh, but yeah, so he is my number four. Uh, who was your number? You said he was your number three, right? Yep. Okay. So now I'm confused. <laughs> no, because uh, I did my five, four, three because uh, I had okay. Cam Young, and your four was also my three. Oh, okay. This behind the scenes action for the listeners. I hope you guys are enjoying this. <laughs> yeah. So my brain is right. So it's my turn again. <laughs> yep. Your turn okay. all over again. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, my number three player. Luke Travers, uh, been very, very surprised with what I've seen from him. And those of you who watched our reaction video to the draft know that me and Corey were distraught at him being selected 56th overall, and we feel like he could have gone undrafted. But clearly, Kobe Altman and company saw something in him that we didn't. So Shocker! Props, <laughs> props to Kobe on being better GMs than us. <laughs> he hasn't seen our uh, 2k leak back he doesn't know what he's talking about exactly big stuff going on there uh but i gotta be honest with you dude like i have really been surprised with him to this point um his feel for the game he's a terrific passer uh some of the feeds that we've seen from this guy has been beautiful like he's hit guys in stride at a standstill on move like i've I've been very, very, very impressed with some of the passing chops that I've seen from this dude. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that that would be something that the Cavs would love to utilize. But the other thing that I've been very impressed with is the defense. Like, I think they started him at small forward. And get this, you know, we, we know he had five blocks in that first game. But through three, he has the, he still has five blocks. So he, had, he didn't record one in the last two. But he also has five steals. So he's been highly impactful from a defensive standpoint. Uh, Very impressive there. He's really played, you know, to his strengths. The one thing that I have not seen from him is the shooting. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit on draft night. Um, He shot 25% from three-point range with Perth. So we knew that that was kind of going to be an issue. He does look timid from the three-point line. And that can be overlooked if you're adding in other categories, which he is, but it's, I think it's pretty, pretty uh, clear to say that the draft and stash for him, that idea seems to be the right way. I don't think he's ready for the rigors of the NBA just yet. I think one more year uh, of seasoning um, in Australia probably would be a good route for him. Cavs don't have space anyways, <laughs> uh, but I see the I see the vision now that Kobe had with this guy. So give me your give me your impression of Travers. Mac, if I can be completely honest. Here we go. This game. is where this is where Tra- this is where <laughs> Corey goes uh goes nuts here and rates Travers' number one prospect. 
Travers was my number one before today's game. I'm <laughs> being completely honest. What? I over, have fallen uh, over, head over heels for Luke Travers. Oh but now he's number two. <laughs> okay. So Derpy Gaming in here in our comments agrees with you at number two. I could see him at number two. That's fine. That's fair. Uh, but number one to me would have been a reach. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Uh, he was number one because I just was like, it, was, it wasn't that how I ranked in my mind when I did this list. It wasn't how I ranked them in terms of like how good they've been. It's who has impressed me the most. And I had no expectations for Luke Travers heading into Summer League. Okay. And immediately watching him, I'm like, oh, I love this dude. Like this guy just get like he is such a like a Delvadova in small forward. He's a form. grinder, dude. Like I I love it. I his defense. Uh, the funniest thing about him is halfway through that Spurs game, the first game of the season, I was in the Fear of the Sword group chat, and the, mm-hmm. I sent out this Travers dude is so raw defensively non-existent <laughs> was my exact quote. And then he just went on a tear in the second half. And I think I said in the, I think I sent a message two seconds later being like, all right, I, I should just see myself out. Cause now I've like unlocked Luke Travers defensive tenacity. And then ever since then, I just, I love like, like you said, his passing is the thing that stands out to me the most. He is, has that like full court passing ability was just a flick of his wrist and the ball just goes flying. I think another season at Perth definitely is what he needs. Um, I don't think I like he just needs to grow into his body more, obviously develop more as a shooter because he has no jump shot whatsoever, not even from three, just in general. And if he doesn't attack the glass, then like good riddance for get, trying to get points. But I don't know, man, he he really intrigues me, and I don't want to just sound like everyone on NBA Twitter being like, how is he not on the Cavs roster <laughs> when the season starts? And it's like, he'll just, what would he do on that Cavs bench? Just clap and then say, like, he knows Delhi? <laughs> bench like, depth. Like, it's something about these Aussies, man. They they really, really know how to fit. I mean, look at these highlights. Look at these blocks that he's – and the defense alone is something that is just – I would be interested. I honestly, I told you before, like RJ Nimhard, fine, whatever, give him the two way. But this guy looks like he belongs at the NBA level at a certain point. Um, I don't think he's ready yet. Uh, like I said before, I think another year of seasoning in the NBL could probably do him well, uh, from especially from an offensive standpoint, like you said, with the shooting. But there's a lot to like here, man. Yeah, he's very raw. Um, which he should be for being the 56th pick. You rarely expect your 56th pick in the draft to be the most polished player in the draft. Uh, I I know he said he tries to craft his game after Joe Ingles, and I get that from the sense of like being a primary, like trying to be a ball handler forward that can bring it up the court, but Joe Ingles is a very decent shooter, and unless Luke Travers just undergoes like some Kobe-esque training regimen and like is in the gym 24-7. I don't know if I see that jump shot escalating to that level. If it gets to like a serviceable level, then that's a really good like quality depth piece for the Cavs in the future. Yeah, this has all the possibility of working out, or it could. Um, it could be something that they could use as potential um, ammunition in the future in regards to trades. Um, he's been able to showcase his talents. Um, time will tell. If we'll ever be brought to the Cavs roster, the main roster here, but a lot to like from what we've seen through three. And um, who knows if we'll play the rest of Summer League. But 
if this is all we get to see of him, um, I'm pleasantly surprised and I'm satisfied with him being selected 56 overall. I am fully ready to walk back my draft reaction. Uh, I am as well. Once that Luke Travers Cavs jersey comes available, I will be getting it. It will join my Dylan be another collection. Yeah, I, I know. Just ready to say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if we never see this guy again, um, at least in the rest of the summer league, he's he's done enough for me to feel pretty pretty good about his chances at the NBA level, whether that be with the Cavs or another team. Um, clearly. Uh, you know, he he's played against high caliber competition, at least in terms of what you're seeing from guys who mainly go up against college uh, participants. But Travers, yeah, definitely a big deal to me. So what are we back on me now? Yep. Number two. OK, so number two for me, none other than Isaiah Mobley. Isaiah Mobley, we, what can we really say about this guy that we haven't already talked about in the past? Like, the passing that we've seen from him is is as advertised. It's actually pretty damn impressive, to be honest. Like, some of the feeds that we've seen from him. Did you see, like, the behind-the-back yes. ones? Yes. I the, tweeted uh, about that. That pass was chef's kiss, as they say these days. Absolutely <laughs> beautiful. And I know it didn't result in a bucket. But it was pretty awesome. Like to, to see a guy his size, and I think he's listed at like what 6'10, 6'11, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, make a pass like that or have the guts to do something like that is pretty awesome. Um, and I think um I want to say Carter or Justin may have talked about this earlier on in their uh, in the pod and chase down. Um he he might actually have a better handle than his brother. Um just purely based upon these three games that we've seen. That's not confirmed, <laughs> but he, he looks to have a very good handle right now. And we've seen kind of semblances of the shot, you know, the perimeter range that he could possibly provide just like Evan. It's not quite there yet. Uh, again, like we say, summer league is not a game for bigs. No, <laughs> it's definitely not something that uh, bigs really look great in. But I mean, from a statistical standpoint, He's done pretty good. I think he had 11 rebounds tonight. Mm-hmm. So that speaks to his ability to box out and position himself really well. He's had, he's had a pretty good amount of rebounds throughout summer league, and a lot of them have been um, very good in regards to positioning, boxing out. So what are your thoughts on Mobley at this point, who who happens to hold the other caps two-way? Uh, for those mathematicians out there, <laughs> Mobley is uh, not on my list. <laughs> well you did say this is about guys who impressed you the most right yeah i okay. um i think he looks nba ready so that was what i kind of expected too i mean mm-hmm. he's he's an he's an older player he's is he also 22 i think yes so at this yeah. point in time i don't know if he'll be 23 by the time the season starts but i know that he's uh certainly among the older prospects he's a four-year player at usc yeah um he the the thing that's disappointed me the most with him is that his adjustment to NBA three point range is mm-hmm. is rough, to say the least. I mean, in USC, he actually was a good uh, floor spacer, yeah. like not in the sense that Evan is, where you like see the potential that that could develop into something. Like it seemed like that was one of his set in stone skills, along with uh, being a good pick and roll option and being a good rebounder. And like you said, he has a good dribble too. So like, it's weird. Like you don't, I think the worst thing you can do with Isaiah is compare him to Evan 
because Evans obviously could be Different a generational strategy. player and Isaiah Mobley's ceiling from it seems like consensus is to be a serviceable backup in the NBA that like is very helpful to teams. I I think his offensive game definitely has struggled. I see him trying to figure his game out through mm-hmm. each game I've seen. I've seen him try to try to take dudes one-on-one and that just not work out at all whatsoever. I've seen the, the passing has been really good. I don't want this to make it seem like I dislike Isaiah Mobley at all. It's just that when I'm watching other players, it's very rare to me that he kind of stands out. But like you said, Mac, it's hard for bigs to kind of do that in this environment. So I just don't want it to seem like I'm like, oh, man, we should have taken the brother of Evan. This was just a a brother pick. And that was it. I think (laughs) like I think he's serviceable for sure. I think he'll definitely be helpful to this Cavs team. And he has a lot of good mentors with J.A., Mobley, Rolo. Like he has a lot of good options. He certainly does. Um, and I'm right around. I'm really right in the same mindset as you are in regards to his upside at the NBA level. Um, so we'll have to see what his actual position is going to be. We'll have to see how far he makes it into the uh, in regards to the rotation or if he's even going to crack the rotation this season. But I mean, from what we've seen from him, um, it's pretty clear that he is not the better Mobley brother. Um, and there's, nothing, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, there's shameful. a reason there's there's a reason why Evan was taken after one year. <laughs> and there's also a reason why Isaiah played four years at USC. He needed to season a little bit longer. And so the summer league is all about seeing what these guys can do, seeing, um, you know, small glimpses of the kind of player that they could be at the NBA level. And as you see here, he can rebound. He can defend. Um, he's a pretty good passer and he has to figure out that NBA three ball. But Time will tell. But yeah. I've been his but, jumper looks good though. Like that, I feel like with Biggs, that's a huge thing. Like you don't want it to take too long. And yes, he is left open on a majority of his pick and pop situations, and he but, has missed a lot, a fair share of those. But at the same time, I think that's also just because the adjustment from three point shooting from college to the NBA is pretty drastic, especially when it's just such a secondhand thing that you don't even think about then being like, Oh, I have to pull a little more oomph on these shots. It, it definitely takes players an adjustment period. Now we both know that our number ones <laughs> unanimously doesn't seem to struggle as much as Isaiah has, but it's, it's fair to point out to Isaiah that it's no fault of his that, it takes an adjustment period for this shooting. No, absolutely not. Um, again, um, obviously our number one consensus here is Ochai Abaji. Um, and for good reason, um, the 14th overall pick by the Cavs has not disappointed at all, <laughs> especially tonight in which he had, I want to say 24 points and went four of eight from three point range. So um, you want to hear a funny stat? I'd love to. Abaji actually took four more threes than the next closest guy who was Cam Young. Oh, um, hell yeah. You <laughs> made your list tonight. And so uh, for me, you know, heading into draft night, we I, I have to mention this because I'm sure people will probably point it out to me as they see me getting really giddy about <laughs> Abaji on Twitter. Um, yes, you know, at the, at the point in the draft, I was very, very high on guys like Terry Eason, uh, Jalen Williams, and I was devastated <laughs> uh, that the Cavs <laughs> did not select or couldn't was were not in position to select at least um, 
Jalen Williams, and they passed on Tari Eason. And same could be said for Dalen Terry, who I've kind of become infatuated with as well. Uh, <laughs> but Abaji was always the most sensible pick. He always made the most sense because he fills so many damn holes uh, for this roster. Um, whether you consider him a two or three or where his ultimate position lies is really up to you. It's in the eye of the beholder. And ultimately, it's going to be something that JB is going to have to figure out rotationally. But he's been pretty damn impressive, I got to say. I mean, they have definitely – they didn't make the wrong pick. I'll put it that way. Yeah, Mac, uh, I think our GM cards are never going to be licensed because <laughs> we, we've opposed like most of the picks when we watched the draft together. And uh, we've now fallen for like most of these players. So We indeed get, have. I guess the Cavs don't need our expertise anytime soon. Uh, yeah, Okchai has like just become instantly like a solid presence for this team, which is the best thing that I felt like he could become. Uh, I wasn't too discouraged from the second game where he only had eight points because I was in my mind thinking there's going to be situations in which he probably won't even touch the ball in certain games. And it's really just about when when he gets sets called for him, and he's just going to do catch and shoot or catch a pat or uh, shoot off dribble actions or whatever. I think it'll be, he just seems like such a seamless fit. And I think it's so apparent to like what he's going to bring to this Cavs team. I think when you watch the games, he's the player who stands out immediately where you're like, all right, he's the only one where I can see this is exactly what he'll do. There's no question marks to me of what he's capable of. He also showed some good uh, tenacity to get to the basket. He definitely strikes me as athletic. Mm -hmm. He is definitely, he has the body of a 22 year old, which helps a lot because we don't have to wait and see what his body's going to turn into. I mean, I'm not saying he's a finished product or anything, but it's definitely helpful for this Cavs team to have four year player at, at, um, at Kansas. So yeah, that helps. You're right. National champion, Mac. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> Put some respect on his name, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. man. He's exciting. I uh this last game just was like it it was awesome to see a shooting guard on this team, not named Colin Sexton, who can also just become unconscious at times. Because yes, Karis can do it to an extent. I don't think we really saw that during our extent with uh Karis per se no. and uh hypothetical Windler could do that but he's hypothetical so <laughs> that's he's a not figment of our imaginations at this point he's yeah uh my jersey is uh starting to wonder if it's going to get put on Poshmark soon <laughs> but, man that should have been happening you should have been put that on <laughs> on eBay something <laughs> uh but yeah man like there's not too much we can say about Abaji that People are not already privy to um, the three and D ability certainly looks like it's there. So I'm very excited about the potential fit uh, with the whether or not he is uh, immediately penciled in as the starting two, which I don't think uh, he will be, or if he plays a vital role for the Cavs in year one, uh, to be honest with you, dude, like completely transparent. Um, I see why people might want to go ahead and try and give him you know, the starting two role and see how he could fit potentially with DG. Um, and to, to be honest with you, it makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, if you get a guy like Sexton back, I still think it would still benefit the Cavs and behoove them to see what 
a healthy roster would look like. Um, I still have a lot of um, a lot of faith in that pairing. I mean, even if Sexton doesn't return, you can make a case for other players. But the biggest question for me right now in regards to Abaji from an NBA standpoint is what the hell is going to happen with Isaac Okoro? Um, I'm very concerned that we might start to see his minutes dwindle down. And uh, by no means do I want Isaac out of the rotation. But when you look at the nine to 10 people that could actually play like a, a primary role in the everyday roster, I mean, if you get Sexton back, you have DG, you have Colin, you have Lowry, Evan, Jarrett. That's your five, right? Um, you have Karis, six. You have Love, seven. You have whoever's going to be playing point guard for, for, to start Neto. the season. Neto, uh, Rubio eventually, hopefully. That's eight. Your ninth man at that point uh, is really up to Abaji. Okoro. And we know that JB is probably going to elect to go 10 deep. So you're probably going to see guys like Lamar, guys like Dylan, uh, not Dylan, uh, Jesus, uh, Dean Wade, get some time, a healthy Dean Wade who can still be impactful. But I do want to hear your thoughts, man. Like, I think 15, anywhere between 15 to 24 minutes a night for Abaji would be like the perfect starting point, unless he's like just absolutely explodes right out of the gate and just deserves the the starting job or like a, a heavy minute role. But where do you see Isaac Okoro's role standing at this point in time? I think Isaac's going to get minutes either way, personally, because the way I'm kind of seeing it right now is that if Okchai looks good, I feel like that makes Karis very expendable, honestly. Because if Colin's back, this is all Colin's back. We we already yeah, feel like Karis and Colin kind of do the same thing, but Colin's a much better version of Karis Levert. That's what we always said. <laughs> but why tamper Okchai's development by having Karis Levert around at the same time when we don't necessarily need him? I think Isaac brings something that neither Okchai or Karis bring with that defensive tenacity. And JB is a defensive-oriented coach, so I feel like he's always going to have minutes. I think Karis is going to be should be looking over his shoulder because if Okchai looks even like pretty decent, then the Cavs mm-hmm. are going to – Karras is an attractive piece for another team because he's an expiring contract. Yeah, one more year left on his deal. And I don't think he's in the Cavs' long-term plans anyway. So I think if Okchai looks good, Karras also looks decent, I wouldn't be surprised if we shipped Karras out before the deadline. And then Isaac's going to have those minutes regardless. Either Okchai is not playing well – and Isaac gets those minutes, or Okchai is playing well, and Isaac will get Karis's minutes because I think Karis will get shipped out. I think that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, I think that most people would probably agree with the sentiment that Karis is not long for Cleveland, like in regards to their long term plans, uh, especially if you re sign Sexton. But so much of this hinges on that. It is. One of those things to which time truly will tell how this rotation is going to shake out. But it also speaks to how deep Cleveland could be this year, which is awesome because we haven't had that feeling in uh, like three, four years. Well, really four or five years uh, since LeBron was last in town. So this is a rotation that I do not envy having control over just because JB is going to have to make a lot of tough calls here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't even really talk about some of like the end of the bench players. Um, we know Robin Lopez is not going to be a rotation player. We know that uh, Dylan Windler could still potentially at some point see some minutes if he's still on the roster. We didn't bring up the uh, the inconsistent Jetty Osman, who we've also talked about possibly <laughs> being ousted. So there's there's just a lot there's a lot to sort through here, and I'm, I'm I do not envy JB's uh, job within the coming months. So there you have it. That is our top five each. Uh, very impressive performances so far throughout summer league. Some of the not so impressive, but that's uh, that's where we stand at right now, Corey. Keep up the good work, fellas. Get us a summer league title. Those always translate. <laughs> Get us that sweet ring that uh, they're now throwing out to the summer league champs. Yeah, yeah. So we got two games left, I believe. Um, if they don't make the, I think that's how it works out. Two games left if they don't make the the championship game or whatever. But I don't really care uh, at that point. Speak I just for yourself, to- man. We need hardware. <laughs> We'll get it. We'll get it in the next two or three years. I'm feeling feeling something coming the Caps way. It's real championships, Mac. There's none of these participation <laughs> trophies. If you're listening to CJ McCollum, yeah, that's uh that's exactly how he feels. Did you hear him on the broadcast earlier? Yeah. <laughs> that dude's wild. Yeah. Gotta say. All right, man. I know you wanted to do something before we headed out of here, so unveil it for us all right and uh quick inspiration of my uh running recurring joke that i own a dylan windler jersey let's play a little game of the summer league roster called blanker windler <laughs> who would you rather have oh on this my cast God. that is disrespectful as hell <laughs> <laughs> no because like you kind of need to figure it like because, you know, Windler offers uh, potential that people love to point at. And all right, well, let's just get out Ochai out of the way. So are there, is there anyone outside of Ochai Akbaji that you would rather have on this Cavaliers roster? Not 2A, but guaranteed on the roster for next season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Luke Travers. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely take Luke Travers <laughs> all day over Dylan Windler. That's where I like kind of – that was like – I felt like Mobley was my number one outside of Bookchai. And then Mm -hmm. Luke Travers was interesting to me because I had to think of like in terms of what this Cavs team needs, it needs three point shooting. And that is the last thing that Travers does not provide. Well, that's like, I know I said earlier, like I think he could use another year of seasoning, but just being on the roster doesn't mean you're going to play. Um, yeah. So for him, he would obviously be an end of bench piece, like a, like the 15th man. Uh, glued to the bench, but being on the NBA roster, being around guys at practice every day, being mentored, I'd love to see that. Um, we won't, but I would no. love to. <laughs> He's gonna be in Perth, booing with his bros. Exactly. All right, next up, man. Uh, I thought that's my list. That that that's it. all I got. <laughs> this was more just a uh, Sayonara to Dylan because who knows Damn. if he's gonna be on the roster the next time we record. Oh, man, that's it. Um, if you'll notice today, we did not talk about what's going on with Colin. <laughs> we probably won't talk about that for a little while because I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of uh, talking about when this guy is going to be re-signed. So we'll kind of just wait that out. Uh, hopefully we'll see some news soon. 
Yeah, you know, we just wanted to be uh, Zag on in the opposite direction of the other Cavs pods and not exclusively talk about Colin Sexton. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I get But it. also, we've only talked about Colin Sexton for, like, our last few episodes. So we're kind yeah. of hypocrites. It's, it's getting tiresome. <laughs> so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, we'll have an emergency pod, obviously, if something goes down. And we knew this is going to be a long thing. Like, we're going to have to play the waiting game with it. Uh, but, you know, we trust Kobe Altman. Hopefully he'll make the right call here. And if he does, and Colin's not a Cavalier at the end of the day, um, we'll just have to hope that it's because because Kobe saw something that we did. Yeah, you know, Kobe has uh, the third eye. So I uh, I trust you, Kobes. Yeah, like you said earlier, we have to turn in our GM cards. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's it's tough. I really thought I had a career in this, but I guess not. Uh, assistant GM, assistant. Yeah. assistant I can be the coffee the manager. <laughs> yeah, you're going to play the Dwight role. Dwight Schrute. Corey Bucks. Uh, well, that's a perfect way to cap off the episode with an office reference. So... Um, like we always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can at it's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you'd like to be added to the exclusive It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said review to it's Cavalier 53 at gmail.com, and we will personally invite you and answer some of your questions in there. I know sometimes we don't always look at these chats like we should, uh, but go ahead and send us that's uh the screenshot now we'll we'll talk to you guys one-on-one heck yes <laughs> all right y'all have a good night For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.